Welcome to another Kingdom Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. So, the message that I felt like God put on my heart for today, and uh, I brought um, this message or a version of this message this morning out at Western, is uh, My Life, God's Way. And as I was looking at it, I realized that God has given us a life to live. We've got a short period of time on this earth. Some people think it's a long period of time because it takes so long to get to the other end, you know. But then the older you get, how many people know that the older you get, the quicker it seems to go, you know. And I'm in my 50s now and I'm like, oh my goodness, like where did that time go, right? You guys in, in your 20s or teens still um, probably find yourself going, oh, just, you know, it doesn't go quick enough, um, uh, it does, yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing is, the older you get, I find the quicker things tend to go. And sort of like you get halfway through a year and you, th- you still feel like it's January, you know, like, or maybe February. Um, and then suddenly you look at your, you know, your calendar and you think, oh, my goodness. And now, of course, they're already starting to, you know, say it's so many days until Christmas and all that sort of stuff. So life just keeps going real quick, yeah? And what I find is that, um, God has given us this life to make choices, right? So we have a choice. We have a choice to come into and an opportunity, if you like, to come into alignment with God. But a lot of us, we don't know that we've got the choice. We know we've got choices. You know, everyone's got choices, right? But we don't know what the choices are sometimes. And a lot of the time, we people are getting a bit confused. How many people know that in the world today there's more choices than ever before, right? In our life, um, how many of us on a day-to-day basis, do you know how many choices we make every day? Like, it's just gazillions, really. Like, whether you're going to, you know, just from the, the moment that you get out of bed or don't get out of bed, you know, it's like, that's a choice, isn't it? You know, do I get up, do I not get up? Do I get up now? Do I get up 30 seconds later? Do I get three hours later, Luke? You know? Oh, sorry, mate. You know, not picking on anybody here. <laughs> but, you know, the alarm goes off and you, you've got a day, or you, the alarm doesn't go off. You've got a day off or you just don't care, you know, or you forgot. And then you've got a whole bunch of other choices. What do I do now? Do I get up? Do I go and do what I've got to do? Do I, get, do I go to work? Do I pretend that I've got a bad cold <laughs> and don't go to work? Do I... And, and the do-eyes throughout life are, you know, a gazillion every single day. Just the, the choice of, you know, in our house, three different choices of toothpaste. That, I think they're all running out, aren't they, Lou? Yeah, well, they're kind of getting a bit low, but you've got a few choices. And you go to the store and you say, well, which toothpaste am I going to use? You've got this one that says, you know, makes your teeth bright and another one that looks like it makes your teeth go black and then it makes it go white. And you're thinking, how does that work? And you're thinking, now, there's the Colgate one because that makes them tough, you know. Tough, tough. You know, the old, you know, if you're my age, you'd remember those ads, you know. And then all the choices that we have in life are just crazy. You know, when you're online these days, and there was no online when we were young. When it was online when we were young, it was like we were, you know, on the line. But, or putting clothes on the line, right? 
Now, being online means or social media. You've got, what are the, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram. Everybody knows everyone in Newcastle because everybody talks about their stuff. No, you know, when we, were young, when we were young, the only place anybody knew anything was at the barber, at the hardware store, at the pub. Well, maybe not, in, you know. Bunning, well, they didn't have a Bunnings warehouse. You know how big the bun, you know, hardware stores, they were like little corner stores back in the day and the, the hardware, local hardware store owner knew everybody in the local area because all the blokes would come in there Saturday morning. No, we just want to get our tools, we've got to get a few nails. We don't even use hammers anymore. They push, 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 push. You know, you see those, those things and they've got the air guns. They didn't have them when we were kids. So the choices are, are crazy. You want to go buy a car these days. And, like, back in the day, it was just Holden and Ford. Right? It was just, you had two choices. And they didn't make a whole lot of them. It was like every year, Holden put out a new one. You go, well, let's get the latest Holden. No, we don't want Ford, though, you know. And they used to have all these, you know, competitions and stuff like that, Mount Panorama and all the rest of it. These days, there's a gazillion cars. Even just in Toyota, you can you look at Toyota, will you? How many Toyotas are there? There's more Toyotas than there are Holdens. And so as life goes on, the choices get more and more and more. And we wonder, what do we do? What do we do when it comes time to? And some of you might remember what it was like, and some of you are probably still in that age group where you're trying to work out what do you do with the rest of your life? What do you do, you know? When I was young, people used to ask, what do you want to be when you grow up, Right? And we all, everyone, everyone had no idea. But half the people these days, half the young people these days, tell me if I'm wrong, Lou, have no clue what they want to be when they grow up. It's like the whole world's kind of disillusioned. (laughs) I don't want to be like that. They know more what they don't want to be than what they want to be. And the choices are getting harder all the time. In our Western life, you know, if you're living in, and, I, and I've travelled through Pakistan, I've travelled through India, I've travelled through some of the harshest places in Africa. You go to some of those places and there aren't those choices. I mean, in Africa one time I stayed for a whole week in a village where there was no running water, no power. Um, I slept on a dirt floor. Uh, in order to have a shower, well, it wasn't a shower, it was a bath, um, someone from the local village would heat up a big pot of water and then they'd chug it into this thing in the middle of the village, right, with a little bamboo surrounding it, and that's where you went, in the middle of the village. And because I'm a tall bloke, it's like, Paul's having a shower, because <laughs> you can see, you know. And everybody knew when Paul was having a wash, so it was kind of fun. But you go into a place like that, there's not many options. You come here, and like over there, if someone brought a... Um, like, what they did for me, I, I, it was amazing. They were just such beautiful people. They actually, every single day, they brought me a cooked chook for dinner. And in that culture, that's, that's massive, like, to actually get a chook, you know, because it's like their maybe once a month special <laughs> to have chook. The rest of the time, it's just mealy meal and a bit of, you know. And they were in the middle of a drought, and every day they brought me a cooked chook. But in Australia, like, you go to KFC... And then if you don't like KFC, you go to Red Rooster, although I think they went into receivership yesterday, so you might not go there anymore. But, 
Here's the thing, right? In this world that we live in, there's choices everywhere you go. And sometimes we have no clue what we're doing. We just roll along. We have so many choices, we just, we just do whatever feels good. And you know what? That can get us into all sorts of trouble. It can get us into trouble when it comes to eating. You know, I know all about that. Because as a bus driver, if you don't have the right kind of food during the day, you can, you know, sitting down for 10 hours a day, you look pretty good there, mate. You must have, maybe you take cut lunch or something. No? Try to, yeah, yeah. But you see, the thing is, if you don't have the right choices when it comes to food, you might just go for whatever's the cheapest or the quickest or the easiest, and it's not actually healthy for you. And it's the same with every area of life. The choices we make are really important. And uh, God's given us a life, one life to live on earth. Whether it lasts 10 years, 20 years, 30, 40, 50, maybe it lasts over 100 years. The oldest person I did a funeral for uh, was 105 years of age. Uh, the youngest person I've done a funeral for, um, apart from my own son who died um, at, before birth, um, was a 12-year-old who had cancer. And uh, so, and the 12-year-old and the 105-year-old were all in the space of two weeks of each other. So they were my first two funerals I ever did as a pastor. A 12-year-old who just suddenly fell down, collapsed on a, on a tennis court, um, while she was playing with her sister and a massive big tumour in the brain and went into a coma and never recovered. And a an 105-year-old who lived a full life and had an amazing story to tell. We don't know how long this life is. We don't know how much time we have. But we all get choices. And the thing that a lot of us don't realise is that every choice we make has an ongoing effect. So, for instance, um, when I buy some clothes, I might, I'm not just buying clothes, I'm spending money. And I'm not just spending money, I'm spending money that might have been set aside for something else or should have been set aside for something else. So every time I buy something, there's an ongoing effect from that choice. So if I go, for instance, I'm going to, you know, tell you about my fashion clothes today. Cheapest clothes you can possibly imagine. Op shop, $10. Good choice. Right? Op shop, $8. Um, probably should have been op shop. No. <laughs> Actually, this morning, Rob come up to me, one of our elders. He said, Paul, can I, can I give you some money for some new jeans? You, know? <laughs> it's like, you look like you're having a bit of trouble there, son. And I was like, no, it's all good. It's all good. But... Um, $15 from the, where's that store? Near where you work? No. No, the one with the oh, cotton on. So there you go. All right, fashion story. All right, but here's the thing, right? Some people spend $200 on a pair of jeans. And my, my daughter the other day was telling me that she actually gave a pair of her jeans to her sister, young sister, because she liked them so much. And afterwards, she came up to me and said, those jeans cost me $200. I'm like, they cost you $200? What? Now, now, she's 26 years of age, and she earns a bit of money. But here's the thing, right? That $200 is $200 she's just spent has an ongoing effect. Because what happens when you get to a bill, 
that you can't pay and you're wishing you hadn't spent two hundred dollars, you're wishing you went to you know, you're wishing you went to the op shop and bought a fifteen dollar pair of jeans. Here's the thing, right? Every choice that we make has an ongoing effect in our life. And one thing that we need to come to terms with is the fact that God, um, when we come into a relationship with Christ, we come into an awareness that Jesus has a plan and a purpose, that God has a plan and a purpose for every person on the planet. We go, I'm one of those. That's cool. I have a destiny. I have a purpose. I have a reason to live. When we come into the realization that he has a plan and a purpose for our lives and we give ourselves over to Jesus Christ, and we say, I want to follow Christ. I'm going to be uh, a child of God. And that's our choice. We confess that we have been doing it our own way and we turn, as the Bible says, and we go God's way. Now, when we do that, that's the first choice we make. We may have made a few choices along the way, like maybe going to church or listening to someone preach or, you know, we made a few choices like that. But ultimately, we come to this place where we make a choice for our life, for our destiny. We say, I believe in God and I need God in my life. We make that choice. And once we make that choice, that's the beginning of a whole bunch of choice making that all line up a little bit different. It's kind of like getting married, right? Now, I've discovered some the hard way and some the, the better way, <laughs> that to be a good husband, when you get married, right, this is the way I've, I've had to learn and I've made a few mistakes. So I haven't been a good husband all my life, right? I haven't been through a marriage breakup for... There's a reason I'm saying, right? So you go through life and you make poor choices and then you learn your lessons, hopefully, and you get better at it. So what I've learned is that to be a good husband, right, and take note, right, take note, take note, young man, right, to be a good husband, the moment you say, yes, I do at the altar, something changes, something shifts. You're no longer a single man, now you're a married man. And as a married man, every decision that you make from that point on needs to be made with another person in mind, yeah? Because that's what happens. You become one with another person. And so every decision you make, your financial decisions, where you go, how you, where you, what job you choose, what, where you live, all those decisions from that point on shift from single-person mentality to do, I can do whatever I want, whenever I like, however I want it. Yes. Right. So when you come into a relationship with somebody, whether you're married or not, see, because sometimes it's in the pre-marriage part where you actually discover that that's the best way to live, right? But you come into that relationship and you become one and you start making choices that relate to that other person. So, for instance, with Shek and I, um, in order for our marriage to thrive and to survive... (laughs) First survive and then thrive, because a lot of marriages don't survive, right? So for our marriage to survive and then thrive, I had to change my mindset from being, I do stuff the way I do it and there's nothing you can say about it, to I need to be aware of how you think and what pleases you and what helps you. And she's the same with me. So we've learnt to get to know each other, yeah? You get to know somebody how many people have ever been in a relationship where you end up, 
you can almost finish the sentence of the person. Ever been in that kind of a relationship where, you know, Sheck and I, we know sometimes what each other's thinking. Just a little glance of the eye, and I know what she's thinking. She gives me a glance of the eye, and I know what she's thinking, you know. <laughs> it's, whoa, <laughs> don't go there, Polly. You know, but see, it's, you get to know each other. And as you get to know the person you love, you begin to realize that that begins to shift things in your life and you get stronger and stronger in that relationship. And God is calling us to a relationship with him where that's what we do, where we get to know him in such a way that we understand how God thinks, we understand what God wants for our life, we understand as we get to know God, we understand the things that he has in, our, in, in his heart for us. He has, the Bible says he has plans to prosper us. He has plans to give us a destiny. He has, you know, there's all these promises in God's word which say, you know when you make a promise, how many people have ever made a promise and then not kept it? You ever done that before? Oh, man. You know, I do it all the time. And it's tough. You make a promise, and there's a whole bunch of reasons why you might not keep it. There's a whole bunch of reasons why sometimes those promises don't get fulfilled, yeah? And God just says, come on, I've made promises, and I want to fulfill them in your life, but you've got to play your part. And it's like, that's like that marriage relationship. And so God says that when we come to him, um, what we do and what we say will always reflect how our heart is and how our heart is with him and how our heart is even with ourselves. And I just want to encourage you today that as you journey with God, as you journey with your relationship with him, uh, with your relationship with yourself even, you know, when you look in yourself in the mirror, the choices that you make reflect whether you love yourself, whether you have a conscious heart towards fulfilling your own destiny, yeah? How many people know that if God has a destiny for us, we have to play a part in reaching that destiny? And the choices that we make will help us to get there, yeah? I just want to encourage you this, this evening to believe that Jesus has um, not only got a plan for your life, but he's also got a purpose and a way for you to get there. Jesus himself is probably our greatest example of someone who um, lived out a life of total submission to God. So Jesus says, um, and he would say this quite frequently to his disciples, I only do what I see my father doing, and I only say what I hear my father saying. In other words, he's, he's got a relationship with God where he knows what God is thinking, he knows what God wants, and he knows what God's will is. And the greatest example of that, um, if you remember the story, was when Jesus was about to be crucified on the cross. And he was in the garden, it was late at night, and he was thinking about what was going to happen the next day. He knew. You know, God had revealed to him what was going to happen. And his heart was full of anxiety. I imagine we'd all be like that if we knew that the next day we were going to be crucified. He'd seen people being crucified before because that was the popular execution 
model of the day. And it'd be like someone on death row, knowing that their time is just about up. Well, Jesus went through that whole process of anxiety, knowing what he had to go through. And he got down on his knees in the garden, possibly even on his face, we don't know. But he was, he was so anxious that he was sweating drops of blood. And he said, God, Father, not God, Father, uh, <laughs> Father, if there's another way, please. And then he finished that sentence. He said, but not my will, but your will be done. And it was just this, this beautiful moment where Jesus, in his relationship with God, knowing the will and the heart of the Father, that God has a purpose and a plan, he said, I'll do it your way. I submit myself to your will. You know, there are times in our life where the choices that we need to make in order to get where we need to go, in order to rise into our destiny, they're not easy choices. Sometimes we have to make choices about the things that we do or the people that we spend time with. You know, when you're young, you need to make choices about the person that you're going to marry and spend the rest of your life with. If we submit all our life to God, sometimes the Lord might come and say, that relationship's not so good. That's not going to be helpful for you. And if we're submitted to God, we'll actually release ourselves from what could be a destructive relationship. And many of us, over the years, have made poor choices because we've either ignored God or we haven't known better to invite him into the process. And God invites us into the process, wants us, to, sorry, to invite him into the process of every area of our life. Um, when I was young, I, I learned a passage of scripture which I hold on to quite dearly, um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Um, in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So I look at that and I think, okay, so in that scripture it says paths, plural. I, I, I consider it to be like every aspect of our life is a pathway. So we have a financial pathway to a financial destiny. We have a relationship pathway to a relationship destiny. So every area of our life, God has something planned for us that if we step into his will and we follow his path, follow what he has for us, we will reach his destiny for us in that area. So if we know that God has good plans for our finances, then we have to follow his plan in the area of finances. If we know that God has good plans for our relationships, we need to follow God in the area of our relationships. If we know that God has pl good plans for us in the area of our career or our job or our circumstance, we need to follow God in those areas. Now, sometimes, of course, we have blockages. And we think, well, we're, God, aren't we fulfilling? Aren't we doing everything you know, that you told us to do? And we get frustrated because we think, well, God, it's not happening for me. You know? And sometimes we need to step back and in our relationship with God, assess our whole life. Because you might be really good at following God in the area of your relationships, but really poor at following God in the area of your finances. 
But because of your poor decision in one area of your life, it's actually impacting every other area of your life because you're not fully submitted to God. There's a story about Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived. Amazing. Like, he was approached by God one day and said, Solomon, all that you've done has come up before, all the, you know, has come up before heaven, and I want to ask you, what, what's the one thing you desire? And he said, oh, I desire wisdom above all else. And God says, you have asked well, you shall receive it. You'll be the wisest man who ever lived. And so he was. But even in his wisdom there was an area where he failed. And that was that he was a wise man, but he's also a very popular man. And had all the ladies from all the different countries of the world because he was a very wise and popular king. Very wealthy, and, uh, and he had the great grand palaces and he had relationships with all these other countries. Well, he got all these wives, see? And so, you know, this country over here wanted to marry him off to their princess and this country wanted to marry him off to their princess. And so he ended up with all these wives, which is a very poor choice on his behalf. He could do it, but what happened was in doing that, he opened up a doorway because many of these wives came from religions that were other than God. And God says, you shall have no other gods before me. But what happened was by opening up the doorway and having relationships with people who are from other religions, he invited into his life destruction. And uh, so being the wisest man who ever lived um, ended in disaster because of a small open door in his life where he erred. And I just want to encourage you that we are called not only to make the ultimate choice, which is to follow Jesus Christ and put him as Lord of our life, but from that moment on, we get given opportunity to submit our life continually to him. And it's like that marriage relationship. It's like having an ongoing marriage relationship where you grow to get to know God and you grow to get to know his heart. And so from now on, you have this filter and the filter is what would Jesus do or what is, what's God's heart for my life? What's God's plan for my life? And so every decision we make needs to be run through that filter. The Holy Spirit will help us. And, uh, you know, I think when you think about getting to know God and getting to understand him and his ways, there's two things that have never changed since the beginning of time. First of all, is talk to him, <laughs> you know. Um, you get to know God by spending time in prayer. And that's through communication. And you know that you can talk to God anywhere, anytime, all day, every day. So when you start to sub submitting your whole life to him, you know, everything becomes something that you want God involved in. I mean, I remember, I used to teach my kids. We'd go shopping. I'd say, hey, guys, 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 we need a car park. Let's pray. Let's ask God to show us where to park the car. And, and that's what we do. And, and I'd hear Daniel from up the back, you know, he's like, Jesus, we need a car park. Can you get us one? And then he'd go, there's one. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and it was like, we, I was teaching my kids how to submit everything to God in prayer, you know. Um, and so you might think that 
we only should submit the big things, you know, our marriage partner, where we to, to live, you know, how much to spend on a house. Maybe we don't submit that to the Lord either, you know. But we might think it's the big ticket items that God wants to be involved in and God doesn't want to be involved in all the small stuff. He's not, not interested in the small stuff. But the reality is he is. Does he want to micromanage our life? No. But if we're not submitted in the small things, every one of those small decisions we make, if they're not submitted to God, you know what, they can, every single one of them can turn to disaster. And that's not about micromanaging. It's about, you know, like, for instance, um, what church will I go to? You might say, well, this one just feels good. That might not be God's will for your life. Is it all about how we feel? Oh, I don't want to live here anymore. I don't like this area. Or I don't, you know, and, but God might say, but I have a plan for you in this area. So, oh, yeah, but I don't like it. Tough biggies. <laughs> God might say, no, but I want you to do this. Why? Because he's got a much bigger picture. You know, God has a destiny for each one of us. And sometimes we don't know what that is. And all we need to do is to trust him with the steps along the journey. And what will happen is we're here and we're going here. We don't know how to get there, but all we have to do is trust him for the steps along the way. I was telling some people this morning that um, you know, Sheck and I are praying about getting a house. And we could, we could sit in the miracle mindset of, God, we believe in you for a miracle house, which we are. Um, but if we are just waiting for it to plop in our, in our hands and not participate in the process, we might be waiting for a very long time. You know, we might say, oh, I believe in miracles, so I'm just going to believe God for a house. But what if God hasn't actually told us that he's going to give us a house? What if he says, I want you to buy a house through the normal means? And I'll show you which one, and I'll show you how to get the deposit, and I'll show you which bank to go to, and I'll show you, you know, and so, you know, and we hear miracle stories. We heard Sharon's miracle story of how she got a house some time back, and it was an amazing miracle story of didn't have the resources, didn't have the deposit, didn't have what was required to get something happening, but by following the direction of the Holy Spirit, it all started to fall into place, and suddenly, bang. She's got herself a house that she's able to pay off. Praise the Lord. You know, in, in all of our circumstances and every area of our life, if we submit them to God, all our pathways, if we submit all our pathways to God, we'll find ourselves on the path to our own destiny in Christ. It's God's way every day. See, it's my life but I need to do it God's way. If I do it my own way, then I'm in trouble. You know that there are really only two ways to go. It's God's way or another way. And as we said earlier, there's, you know, we've got, we got a lot of choices in this life. But every choice that isn't God's way is another way. You know, and the world tells us that there are many paths that lead to God. Some even believe that all paths lead to God. 
But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so there's this awareness when we come to Christ that there's only one way. And if we get, if we get that, that there's only one way to the Father, then we need to also get that there's only one way to live out our destiny, and that is by following his plan. Now, we make mistakes along the way, and we have fail-safe, awesome passages of Scripture which help us, like, you know, in all things God works together for the good of those who love the Lord and accord according to his purposes. What a great verse that is. Because what it kind of means is when stuff comes our way that's all out of whack and going the wrong way, God can work it in. But what if we're just being ignorant and just or, or ignoring God altogether or not wanting to have anything to do with his plan? What if, you know, we're trying to do his plan, but we're in the midst of that, we're still harboring resentment towards somebody or we're still not, you know, not forgiving or we're not honoring God in our relationships or we're not honoring God with our finances or we're not honoring God in another area of our life then it's a no wonder that sometimes we find ourselves in a mess. And there's a lot of people in churches today who have been walking with the Lord for a long time who are struggling. And it's, it's not always that they haven't got an amazing destiny on their life. Sometimes they've got an amazing call on their life and they're just making poor choices. And the best way to remedy that is to submit our choices to God. Submit our whole life to him. And then suddenly we find ourselves starting to go back on track. I've found um, in my life that over the years, whenever anything has gone really wrong, it's either one of two reasons. The enemy has done something or I've done something. <laughs> It's usually one of those things. Not God who's made my life go wrong. God has a plan and a destiny. And in the midst of that, I might get persecution. I might have some trouble. Jesus even promised that we would experience that in our life. But here's the thing. We might find that when we make a bad choice, there's a flow-on effect from that choice. So what do we do? Well... We get a pay packet. What do we do with that pay packet? We submit it to God and say, God, what do you want me to do with this money? How do I spend it? What's, what, what does wisdom do with, with finance? I have a relationship in my life. How do I work that relationship out? Submit it to the Lord. I'm looking for a relationship in my life. How do you work that? Submit that to the Lord. But then lay everything in front of the Lord on a regular basis, as I was saying, when we come to communion, I really want to encourage everyone to continually lay their life before the Lord. Now, King David um, was known as a man after God's own heart. And uh, he did some things that were wrong, uh, really wrong, actually. Um, first of all, he committed adultery. In other words, he had a sexual relationship with somebody else's wife. It wasn't that he was able to, you know, take this woman to be his wife. He just liked her and didn't care enough about who she was married to and brought her into his chambers and got himself into trouble. 
But then in trying to cover it up, he ended up killing the guy so that he could take her as his official wife and hoping that no one would find out that he could get away with it, but he didn't. So here's a guy who loves the Lord, who's made some poor choices, and out of that has the potential to destroy his life. But in the midst of that, he recognized, and it was partly because a prophet, Nathan, came and told him, hey, what you've done is wrong, and God knows all about it. And he's like, of course, (laughs) how can I hide from God? And in that moment, he's humbled himself before God and said, God, I'm sorry. And he's repented and he's turned. And if you know the story, it went bad for a little while because of his choices, but then he recovered because he turned around. And he once again submitted his whole life to God. And I just want to encourage you, and and, and when it was written about David at the end of his life, it said, David was a man after God's own heart. And that's after all the things that he'd done. He was still recognized as a man after God's own heart, even though he messed up. And so God is saying to us today, guys, you might make poor choices. You might have made some really big ones in your life. But there's a chance for redemption. There's a chance to start again. Every day is a chance to get started all over again. And uh, the end of your life could be just like the end of David's life where instead of you, this person is after my heart. You might have made poor choices in the past. I want to encourage you that if you submit your whole life to God today, reestablish that connection. Perhaps you've never really submitted all your pathways to God. Maybe you've just you know, been selective. Maybe you've got some things in your life that perhaps are destructive. Maybe they're habits, thought processes, things that you've never laid down before God. I want to encourage you today to, to lay it down. To say, okay, God, you've got me. You've got a plan. You've got a purpose for my life. And so I submit my whole life to you. I submit every part of my life, every pathway, Jesus made a few fairly strong statements, probably one that I think is no stronger than Revelation chapter 3, verse 16, where he says to a particular church, he's writing to a church that is very much like our Western church. It's materialistic. It's got everything it needs. And Jesus says, guys, you either got to be hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. I'm like, wow, that's a fairly heavy statement. And I asked the Lord this week to remind me of what that really means. And I really felt he showed me that when you're eating food, you, you like it either hot or cold. There are some foods that are really nice when they're cold. And there are some foods that are really nice when they're hot. But when the food is just tepid, not real hot, not real cold, it's kind of lukewarm. It hasn't got that 
the flavour, the flavor, the taste is just isn't there and you will naturally not want to eat it. And Jesus says, if you're like that, I'll spit you out of my mouth. You can be hot, you can be cold, because you can be what you're designed to be. But if you're just floating along, doing your own thing, you're just lukewarm. And he says, I'll spit you out of my mouth. In other words, you're not tasty to me. You've got to be tasty to God, right? Your whole life. Be tasty to God. Be on for Jesus. And the best way to be on for Jesus is to be committed to him in every area of our lives. Most of us here have given our life to Jesus at some stage in our journey. We're here because of that commitment. Every day is a new commitment. And I want to encourage you today to make a fresh commitment. Say, God, I submit everything to you. When I gave my life to Christ, I went forward at a big meeting and they were singing a song, I Surrender All. And uh, it was a, back in the day, that was one of the most compelling songs that a lot of people would sing when they were giving their life to Christ. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Jesus. I surrender, I surrender all. And I remember walking down the aisle in this basketball stadium and I walked past my grandma because she was there as well. She's going to be with the Lord now, but she looked across and she looked and going like this. Oh, she's got tears running down her eyes, you know. It's a little Paul, you know, 12-year-old Paul's walking down the aisle. You know. Actually, I think I was, no, I was eight that time. I went down at another time. Again. I was constantly going down the front for stuff, you know, when I was a kid. But that was my first time. No one could stop me. My dad stopped me when I was six. Said, no, no, my mum did. My dad was preaching and dad gave a call and I wanted to go to the front. I said, Mum, can I go to the front? She goes, No, you're too young. You don't know what you're doing. And I'm thinking, Yes, I do. <laughs> Still remember it today. Of course I knew. Two years later, I'm eight years of age. And I'm at a big stadium and he couldn't stop me. It's like, Choo! I'm not telling anyone. And I went and gave my life to Jesus. But you see, from that moment on, I've got to make, start making choices. And I made a lot of poor choices along the way. I'm not proud of some of them, really. But even I get to start again. Even I get to start again. You know? And uh, so I want to encourage you, today is a great day to start again. Submit your whole life to God. Submit all your choices. Um, get to know him. Uh, read your Bible. That was the other one I was going to mention, the two things, you know. Pray, read your Bible. We'll get to know him by his word. Now, throughout the history, they've had snippets of the word and up until the point where it all came together and we formed the Bible, then suddenly we had everything in one bundle. And now it's easy. We can, <coughs> we can get it on our devices. It's so accessible. But do we actually read it? Do we get to know God? Do we get to know his heart? Do we get to know his promises? Do we get to know his ways? It's like getting to know your wife or your husband or your best friend. We make choices to follow, pursue, get to know. And as we do, we learn. Sheikh and I, we know each other better than we did three years ago, better than we did five years ago. And uh, in 20 years' time, hopefully, we're going stronger than ever. And we plan to do that. 
my relationship with the Lord ought to be like that too. Even more so as I get to know him more and more, yeah? Cool. Thanks for listening. This has been another Kingdom Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to www.kingdomcc.com.au.